Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> Thanks for for joining us this evening. Um, <laughs> I, I know we've been we tried quite a, a while to, to try and get this sorted out, but uh, definitely glad that you were able to make it today. Yes, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks. Um, one of the things we've got a, an international audience who who tune in to watch, and we always like to start with the very beginning as to like where you were born and raised. Okay, I was born and raised in. Well, I was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Raised in Plainfield, New Jersey. My mother is American, and my father is Bermudian, so I'm half British. And that's that. <laughs> okay. You know, there's a number of people, uh, most of Black Street and, and there was a big bub and the rest of us, they're all from New Jersey. It seems as if that state had uh, quite a lot of talent. Yeah, Jersey. Jersey definitely had a lot of talent, a lot of talent. Queen Latifah, Lauren Hill. I mean, it's, it's a big roster of talent that came out of Jersey. So growing up then, what, how, what were you, you know, how did you get into music? Um, growing up, um, I would say my introduction to music was through my mom, my family, through church. My mother grew up in church. She sung background for Aretha Franklin, her and her what? sisters had a group. And so I grew up singing in a choir and I was always shy about singing. So it was nothing like, I was just so boisterous and confident about, but it was just something that, you know, I secretly could do. <laughs> were you sort of, I won't say forced, but were you made to sing in the choir or was it something you built? No, I did. I loved it. I loved it. I definitely loved it and had a passion for it. Um, and I sung school choirs, did plays and all of that. I've always been very driven towards singing and entertaining at, at, at that young age what were you did you have any people that you were inspired by this uh, that was singing in, in those early days yeah um a lot of people one my mom the, the the people I grew up in church um actually um Miss Middleton was my middle school chorus teacher and she used to always say you know just let it out don't be shy just sing and you know Michael Jackson Pat Benatar you know Whitney Houston um Gladys Knight Nina Simone you know your your usuals but I de it was definitely something that was I was surrounded by at home did you ever meet Teresa Franklin no I've never met her no. okay but you, okay because but was, was yeah. your mom still singing background with her while you... No, had, um, it was when she was younger, Aretha. Okay. I think this is when she was first being disco discovered and singing in church and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but then did you ever think back in those early days that, you know, you actually want to sing professional or was it just, you know, like a hobby like most of us do? It definitely was like a hobby. I never, you know, and I say this a lot. I didn't sit back and was just like, oh, I want to be a singer. I want to be this big old star. It was just something that I kind of, you know, not kind of, I did enjoy, but I was very shy when it came to like performing and singing live in front of people. Then what changed? 
Um, met Keisha. Keisha and I went to high school together. And, um, you know, after high school, we became really close friends and we were hanging out, riding around, singing in the car. And she was like, I didn't know you sing. And she always aspired to sing and get in the business and wanting to start a group. So she was like, let's start a group. So I was like, all right. So <laughs> motivated and pushed me to the forefront. You know, I still was kind of like, you know, still shy, but you know, I made that move and that's how I began singing professionally. But in high school, before that, did you, what was your thoughts as what you do after high school? My thoughts as what I would do after high school, honestly, was get a job, help my mom, you know, pay bills because I watch her struggle a lot. So, you know, my thought towards my future in high school was just like, no matter what I do, I was going to put my all to it and be successful. Whether, you know, no matter what it was, I couldn't at that time, I really didn't have my mind wrapped around what that was, but you know, I got out of school, got a job. And like I said, Keisha and I hanging out with each other, becoming friends. I got the opportunity to be a part of this amazing legacy. So that's how it kind of happened. Yeah, but I, I, I do wonder when, you know, somebody just says, let's form a group. Um, there has to be that sense of, you can't, so I don't know if it's possible to just do it half-heartedly or think if we're going to do it, we're going to have to do profession and That's, really. The passion was there and I definitely put it, put in the work, but it's not something I saw myself doing. You, you, I believe that was the question. Like, what did I see? Did, you know, was that something yeah. that I saw myself doing? And honestly, no, all I was thinking about at that time was I need to get a job <laughs> Because I need to be able to help provide and provide for myself. So I really didn't award myself that space to kind of like, you know, like dream like that. But yeah. I did love singing, you know, like I really loved singing. Yeah. I still love singing. I still yeah. have a passion, you know, yeah. but as far as was the music business, my target at that time, no. Not until I met Keisha and we formed a group and yeah, I was all in, 10 toes down. Yeah. But so so you, you, you meet Keisha, you form the group. Um, when did you really think that, well, this is actually going to really happen? Is it, did, is it when you decide to get a manager or I mean and uh, when did you think wow this actually could really work um after we met Pam we met Pam from a mutual producer she was a solo artist and you know we were trying for a while to get a third member and it just really wasn't clicking so Keisha and I at that point had decided you know it would just be her and I um the producer was just like I know a girl that might be a perfect fit so we met Pam and that's how the three of us became together. You know, um, again, like I said, it got to the point that the passion was definitely there. Keisha and I out hanging out. When we used to hang out at this skating ring called in Bergenfield called The Ring. That was kind of like the spot to go to when we met these guys. They were rappers. It was Dre and Sun, 
um, Sundu, I believe that was his name. Um, and, you know, we started going in the studio with them and they took us to meet Kathy Dukes, which was Puffy's godson's mother. Okay. And she wanted to manage us. So we decided to, we agreed with her managing us. She took us to Puffy and he was in the studio working with Jodeci. At that moment, I was like, okay. <laughs> this is good to happen. <laughs> you know, no, we definitely was putting in the work. We definitely, you know, did the work to get there and we grind and we made sure we were networking with people. We were on the scene where all this stuff was happening at. The one thing that most of us um, who loved the 90s is that we had lots of groups. You know, um, I interviewed Cassandra Lucas from Changing Faces. So they were, mm -hmm. just, they were, they were a duel. Um, but she, you know, she met Cerise when they were in, uh, in college. So they, they sort of came together. I wonder how it was where you and Keisha are really good friends. And, you've, and then you've got sort of Pam coming along, who was a little bit younger as well. Um, and probably had a different style. The, the, the dynamics of the group from those early days, since the two of you have always been you know, doing things together, how did that, did you guys have to make compromise or, or how was those early moments before you met your manager? Um, it, it was definitely a compromise. You know, Pam, she, like you said, she was younger. When we met her, she was still in high school. So a lot of the going out and hanging out and meeting people, definitely was something that Keisha and I were out doing but you know by that time we were like you know we're gonna make this happen we're a group we were in the studio we were recording stuff and we were doing it for the cause so um it really you know with everything you compromise so you know there's all compromises of course we compromised we all did but um I wouldn't say nothing too detrimental nothing to out of the scope of what you will compromise for your career. Yeah. How much of the in industry did you learn from those early days? Because you're in the studio learning. Did you learn about, I'm, I'm sure you learn about recording the process, but then did you learn about writing and publishing and all those sort of things? Yeah, we definitely learned some things about writing and publishing. By the time we got signed to... Um, bad boy initially we were gonna um sign to um uptown records okay um keisha and i had went in the studio and we recorded juicy that that was our first lesson because at that time we were just kind of like hanging out big was like come to the studio and we went in there we recorded juicy he we were humming it and he was like go in there and put it down you wow. know they put the record out our manager was really mad she was like don't you ever go in the studio without talking about splits and stuff like that so you know we definitely you know learned a lot and made mistakes that we learned from ah, during so, that time I mean if you think about that though you were in the studio that was big was he was he as was he known because I know that he did the remix for Mary that's the first time I really saw him but by the time you were he was doing the juicy did you was he known? Did you know who he was? I mean, yeah, I mean, Biggie, like, see, we met Biggie when Puffy was still at Uptown Records, you know, like, so we had 
we were friends. Biggie was like our big brother at the time. We were all like, it was, it was mandatory for us to hang out, come to the record label, get to know each other, bond. And in the beginning of day, the beginning days of Bad Boy, that's what a lot of it was for us. Like Puffy was still working at Uptown. He was still oh. working with Jodeci. He was still working with Mary. And we hadn't solidified our deal at Uptown. And rightfully so, because he decided to leave and he took Biggie and Craig Mack and Total with him. We were like his first three acts. Okay, before 112. Okay. Yeah, Trade. before 112. Yeah. Okay. And so, so, you, you, so when Biggie's recording his album, um, and we just humming to the to just the, the juicy track. Yeah, like you know very well. Yeah, we were just like singing, and he was like, "Yo, go put that down." So we did, and you know, we we got a little reprimanded for it because you know we forgot about the business piece. You know, that's what it was. It was always it was just hanging out. Everything was always a vibe, and you know that's when we learned a big lesson. Like you don't go in and cut vocals or do anything like that without discussing your splits first when we were like oh okay but you know <laughs> I mean did, was it was you just excited it's like wow we can just just go sing and, and stuff and you, are we going to be featuring a record or was it it, it was it was it was normal it was customary we all hung out in the studio with each other it was nothing for Biggie to call us up and be like yeah we lived in Jersey he was in New York you know the party scene was real heavy back in the day back then and it was really nothing for Keisha and I jump on the train, meet up with everybody. You hang out, you go to the studio, then you go out later. It was just something that everybody did, you know, even with other artists. It was just very customary back there. Everybody kind of like had this bond, this, the support was there, the, mor the morale was there to yeah. go in and support each other. Not only your um, label mates, other label, you know, other, other people on, in the industry. Yeah. The fact that your manager reprimanded you for for that was it a good lesson you learned early on or did it make no difference well it was a good lesson we learned or we learned a lesson um in the scheme of things um with the state of total right now i don't know that it made any difference but it was definitely something that i've always you know was like no you know let's talk business let's put everything on the table first because once something is done it's hard to go back and you know discuss business is done now you know what i'm saying so i know it was something that i i stand by to this day yeah and everything yeah and so is after the album you've cut the stuff on the album then you start to work um on the country see for the uh, the new jersey drive soundtrack Yep, yep, yep. Well, actually, after we did Juicy, um, that song, we got the offer to do the New Jersey Drive soundtrack, soundtrack, and then we started working on our album. When Juicy blew up, did you, did, did it, it didn't say featuring, you know, Total. No, it didn't say featuring Total, and that was, you know, us not handling our business you know what i'm saying like yeah. it was never supposed to be a feature record you know like so yeah but yeah. it was a massive track it, it, and it was one of it those really tracks was. that that crossed over so it wasn't just a hip-hop track 
like um, a lot of the new back in those days, you know, a lot of the sort of Red Man and um, and a lot of those were just really big hip hop in New York. But that crossed over from, you know, I was living in Alabama at the time, you know, those in the, uh, in L.A. Did you realize, well, we're actually on the one of the biggest tracks in the country. Did you feel did people believe it was you guys? Well, yeah, I don't think people really realized it was us until, like, now recently. You know, like, people, the common people would know, but I don't think the masses knew that that was Keisha and I on that record. Yeah. Yeah. How was it then when you recorded your first single, that Can't You See? I mean, the, um, and you know, I think for, for the rest of us who are outside hearing sort of the beat, you know, I think that's one of the things we credit Puffy with is that sense of using hip hop um, over R and B um, in, mm -hmm. a, in a very smooth way. But for you guys, you know, you're you're in the studio and they're playing the track. Um, do they already have the song written, or do you guys get involved in helping write the song? No, we definitely were involved in helping write the songs, giving input and stuff like that. The night we recorded Juicy, we recorded Juicy. It was written by Terry Robinson. Um, i never forget, same thing, the morale. We had a lot of artists dropping in, wishing us luck. I think when we recorded Can't You See, it was the first time I ever met Snoop Dogg. He stopped by and... <laughs> You know, Terry wrote the song and she, you know, she gave us our parts and the, the record was a hit. Like, what did the family, you know, because you talked about your mom being an inspiration and, and for you it was a sense of growing up thinking, how do I support mom and the rest of the family? How did she think, what, what was her response seeing her, her girl just all of a sudden, you know, on a massive track? she was proud my mom was very supportive she would come to the video shoots be there from start to finish she would come to us the parties whether it was her side she was she was she was very 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 supportive she was right there by my side the whole time like cheering me on being rick i'm sure you must have been instantly recognizable in the local community after your video came out how did you get how did you manage that transition from being obscure to being, you know, well-known by, by everyone around? I mean, that part made me a little uncomfortable, you know, because it's just like you you accomplished this thing, but you your life is kind of still the same, like financially, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So, you're, you, like you said, you're still out and people's misconceptions – you know, like, oh, just because you're on TV, you done made it, you got a million dollars, you're rich. No, we, we we were still grinding, you know, and it just would just make me a little uncomfortable. So normally I would just be in and out real fast. I move real fast. So I can switch by you and you won't even know it. So it was just like, just kind of laid low. Was it very similar to, because, I, you know, I think a lot of us were very shocked when we saw the new edition documentary where they have big records, they're going on tour, then they go back to the projects. Was it anything like that for you guys, you know, with the big hit record and touring and then would you, or did you move up to, you know, Manhattan or something? No, I mean, initially we, the three of us had to live together. So we moved in with our manager. Okay. We lived in the city and we lived in 
Brooklyn. So, you know, just being out in New York and stuff like that, you ju- you, you blend in, like you just blend in. You know, when we would go home, um, you know, we all came from predominantly good homes, you know, none of us really grew up in the projects and stuff like that. So it's not like we had to go back to these horrific lives, you know what I'm saying? It, but yeah. it, it still was kind of like, all right, we, we, we still wanted to level up. Yeah. See, um, the, the album came out quickly, a single came out quickly, um, 95, but we had to wait another year or so for the album. Um, was it something that wasn't planned or prepared or was it just that it, they were struggling finding the, the right songs? I mean, I just think, honestly, when Can't You See came out, the song was so huge that I don't think we were, like, prepared for that. You know, we didn't think the song was going to do what it did. So instantly, I I think after we did Can't You See, they put us on another soundtrack, Soul Food, while we were working on the album. And then, you know, after that, probably was like, y'all got to get in the studio, get your album done. And it just... It was just, you know, timing, like you said, finding the right songs and stuff like that, that kind of set the process back. But back in the day, like artists back then, they weren't dropping like records every week. So, you know, we gave our time to be creative, made sure we had the right records. We made, we wanted to do timeless music. So although we did have this really good buzz going on we still wanted to make sure that we put out a quality project and that was priority how did you were you able to get involved in any writing of that first album we were able like they would do writing sessions a lot of our stuff really didn't make it on there but we were awarded the opportunity to be students you know what i'm saying like to learn it wasn't just like here y'all y'all just do this record you know like They would definitely have like writing sessions, media sessions. You know, Keisha wrote a few lines on some songs. We had creative control of our interludes and stuff like that. You know, for us, we understood it. It, it, it was a process, and you you showed your growth. We weren't these. We were raw talent. You know what I'm saying? Like we yeah. weren't these kids who went to music school and majored in music and stuff like that. Everything with us was very raw. So, but we were definitely afforded the opportunities to step in there and do that. I think one of the things that our audience would, would be aware of is that um, a lot of our RB acts um, were in some cases taken advantage of because, you know, you mentioned doing juicy and not realizing that you know, the things that have to be put in there. Did, did anyone have your back in those early days to say, okay, um, you know, after, you know, this is what needs to be done on, on the album. This is what's going to happen. So that there was no surprises that you, you were aware of that. The fact that you're not no, right. Definitely. Biggie made sure we got paid. You know, we did get paid for the record. We still do make money from the record. If not, I think now it does say feature in total. I'm not sure. But, you know, initially, you know, get it. That wasn't the plan. Biggie first record wasn't supposed to be a feature. You you understand what I'm saying? So, but we did get paid and we do get, still get royalties, performance royalties for being on this record. 
I was referring to the, the, the your main out al- your first album. So when you, you got to your album, were you, you when you when you were right doing your first the total album, did your manager explain okay this is what happens you know how it gets split so there's no so surprises, um you know you could go platinum, and and um, there's no surprise as to how things work out. Yes, we definitely understood you know the the the. the the story of the budgets, you know, but back then, again, artists, we had big budgets and we spent big money on videos, wardrobe, artist development. So you very seldom recoup. So we knew, you know, exactly that, you know, we, we, we want to get car service every day. That's coming out of our budget. We have to pay that. You know, like a lot of artists back then really only seen money from touring. Mm-hmm. Because there's one thing about you guys is that you did have very um, individual and collective styles. You know, somebody would wear the, you know, either wearing very short skirts and very tights and stuff. Was that something that you guys collectively agreed on how you'd look? Because you were the same but different. Yes, definitely. I mean, like, you know, our bio says total three three distinct individuals that can hold their own and I mean that's how we always presented ourselves and that's you know and they really just enhanced that like you know they tapped into who we really were they never really tried to change any of us and be like oh this is you this is you this is you you know what you see was who we really were as far as like our personalities and stuff like that yeah and when it came to the actual sort of recording the recording process I think um, and I've spoken to other groups, and um, with Total, you guys um, shared vocals, um, mm-hmm. which was really good because it's it, um, it, it's not going to be a Diana Ross and Supremes kind of thing. Um, right. What was it like in there? Did you because if you, if you if you got signs kind of quickly, did you guys have time to do talent shows and you, and, and you were singing? and the three of you were sharing all, did it just come so quick that when it came, they just used certain, okay, you know, Keisha, you're going to be on this, Pam, you're going to be on this, Kimo, you're going to be on this, or, or how was it in those early days for that first album? Um, I would say for the first, back then, you know, like, everything is about a sound, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, rightfully so, Pam had a very distinct, sound you know she when you hear Pam and all of us had a very distinct sound but it blended you know when we blended it blended well we sound really good together what we did and um we would do performances and stuff on our own here and there but no it really went from like management Puffy said he wanted to sign us we went right into, you know, artist development, vocal training, writing sessions, you know, parties were like a requirement. <laughs> um, coming up to the record label, just being present was always a requirement. And, you know, it was just, it, it was just really like dope. So it was just like things just kind of like flowed, but we were always students and being studied at the same time to the fact that 
when it was time for us to do our records, they really knew what it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw a clip of you guys on video. So, and it was, um, you perform Can't You See? And, uh, and after your performance, you get interviewed. And I, and I wonder how it was like for you in that early days, you know, being on Video Soul, which was our big, big show back then, and, and being asked questions. Because uh, you all looked quite shy and nervous with, with the sunglasses on and stuff. But what was it like, you know, being on these shows and being interviewed and asked questions? Now, I know for me, it was, you know, I was... I wouldn't say I was scared, but it was just like, you would get this adrenaline. It would be going and you don't want to say the wrong things and want to feel like, you know, I'm over talking Keisha or Keisha, you're over talking me. So it was, you know, it was very nervous. It was, it was very nerve wracking until we found our flow. You know what I'm saying? It got to the point where a question was asked. We knew who would answer it. So, yeah. When did you get start to enjoy being a recording artist? I enjoyed it from day one. I feel like the earlier days, like the more grind, I, I enjoyed the grind more. It's just like once we got signed, things just kind of got a little like crazy. But I, you know, I, I enjoyed the whole process the good and the bad you know what i'm saying i i was able to experience and still am able to experience some things that you know people only dream about so it, you know i focus on the good and you know it was definitely something that i'm definitely ecstatic that i was able to be a part of yeah i mean the show really must be the music is because Lots of people try and sing and, 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 and stuff, but not everyone has that hit record or gets the record deal and, and gets to do one album, two albums and, and stuff. Um, a, you know, you, you do your first album, you go and tour, you come out. Um, I think you guys were, you, is it Tripping that was on the Soul Food album? Um, no, it was What About Us. That what, was what on about us with, with mm -hmm. Missy. Um, yeah. Which, you know, because at that time, Timbaland and Missy were doing and Leah, and so they had a, a very distinct production. And so it was good that you sort of changed a little bit from the bad boy, sort of uh, the hitmen, and, and did something different. Um, right. Going into your second album, how was the energy um, and the excitement? Because you've, you've, you've been veterans a little bit, known what the process like. Um, what was that for you? The second album, we had a lot more freedom. You know, Puffy, he, we went down to Virginia Beach. We stayed down Missy's for like a week. And the vibe was so dope with everything that we were in there doing. He was like, all right, you can just do the whole album. So wow. that's how Missy did predominantly the whole second album. Wow. Is that yeah. where you, the Neptunes, did you meet them in Virginia Beach when they did um, Boy Meets Girl? Yeah, Neptunes, like I said, you, back then, it was just customary. You met, we all partied together. If something was going on. We supported each other. It was just like, so we had already met the Neptunes. I think we might have met them at Daddy's house or somewhere like that. Okay. Um, 
they 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 were all, they were already around prior to us starting on our second album. Recording process, which was which do you, looking back, which did you prefer the the first album or the second album? Just the recording and 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 sort of. Um, the first album because it was very nostalgic. It was the first for everything, so I definitely you know, the first album. Yeah. So. You know, the second album, as I said, comes out with big hits and stuff. And around that time, in you know, in you know, that's 98. So we are turning to a point in, in an R&B where hip hop was becoming a lot more dominant and um, it, it was becoming, pushing a lot of um, R&B to the side. Um, so probably around 2000, 2001, as fans were eagerly expecting the third, the third album, um, nothing ever gets officially announced as to what's going on. Um, there's no like official statements and stuff. Did w w was was it something that you guys started on and then couldn't finish? Or well, we total as a whole as the original were not together. I wasn't in the group at that time and. You um went or yeah, I wasn't. Um I had left. Oh. And um, you know, and, and I don't think it was ever announced because it was always hopes I feel with the label that we would work things out, but time just went by and we didn't until the reunion tour. Wow. Yeah. What was it like for you leaving? Because um, you joined, you know, very young, and 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 that became very much a part of what you were doing. Um, was there any nerves or, or fear leaving the comfort of 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 the group? No, it, it, you know, you know, no. Um, you know, I, I didn't have any fear, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I just, at that time, I was just more like, honestly, like, I just felt like I needed to move on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I needed to move on. Um, I wasn't afraid to not be a part of all of that. You know, there was other things I wanted to accomplish in my life. I got married. Okay. I Kids. I went to school and, you know, it, it was just, the only thing I wish that we, we could have just sat down and just talked because we let all that time pass and it was really over nothing, but that just never happened. I just felt like I was taking the journey I was supposed to go on, you know, like, and I wasn't going to um, ponder on it too much. You know what I'm saying? There will be times where, you know, and of course, you know, I... I tried, you know, to work whatever the issue was, was out, out with the girls and stuff like that. And Puffy wanted us to work it out, but it just wasn't happening at the moment. So I just moved on and I've lived a good life and it's, you know, it's been all good. Yeah. I, I, and I guess that's the, um, you know, I think as fans, we, we look from the outside and, and think, you know, you know, why would, you know why would you just not continue the success? Uh, but I guess it's it's we, we don't understand what it's like. You know, you the industry, money. You know, people grow up and, and change. And I guess um, like any type of relationships, even if you're married, 
you know, kids come along, that's, it's a very different dynamic, but I guess it's just, it could be the same or if not harder within the industry. Um, did you then think about going solo or did you think that's it, I've turned my back on the industry, I'll do something completely different? Um, and I don't feel like it was so much that I turned my back. I felt like, you know, it turned his back on me. You know what I'm saying? And I was just going to move on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't going to... It was just a lot of stuff going on that I was like, I'm not going down with this shit. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on on a good note. And... um. that was just that's just where I was at with it and I and and I was okay okay with it but as far as like I did I would go in and record and stuff like that and then I would sit up there and like again like I said try and rectify things with the girls and be like you know we should get back together we should try and work this out but they 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 were never in a space at that time where they felt like we could work it out and I just had to move on with my life um no, at this time, was um, Keisha and Pam performing at Total, or they had all split up as well? I know at one point, um, when I decided, you know, like, okay, I'm not really going to fight for this. I'm going to move on. They were trying to replace me with Mila from 702. Okay. And, um, you know, that didn't work out, and... What like that situation came about because again, like we were having some internal issues, internal issues, and, and instead of them wanting to work these issues out with me, they were, you know, they went back to Puff and was like, "Oh, she don't want to be in a group no more," and da 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 da, which wasn't actually the truth. You know, I just wanted certain things to be structured, and we could have just moved on business as usual, but um. I talked to Puff and I told him, you know, it's not true that I don't want to do this no more. I just need certain things to be in place in order to be able to do this in a conducive way where it's conducive for me mentally, everything. You know what I'm saying? So he said he went back to the girls and they were just like, it can't work out. So at that time, I guess they were, okay, let's see if we can replace Kima. And I remember getting a phone call from Pam and she's like, Kima, we keep, you know, auditioning all these girls and Puffy like, well, that ain't Kima. She don't look like Kima. She don't sound like <laughs> And I'm like, well, Kima's right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to find another Kima if that's what you want to do. Um, I don't know how far along they got on that project without me. I just know it just never, you know, it just never happened. So, I mean, what is, what is, um, it's fascinating. As, and I, I, do, I do wonder because as a recording artist, when you're not recording music, um, like the rest of us, you can't then go to the job center. What, what, what happens to a recording artist who leaves sort of a group and um, do you then think, okay, you know, maybe I'll go solo. I, I, can, I still have my name and I still have the hits. So did you have an idea of what you might, do at that time back then um I had time to kind of think about it and you know what I did was 
I went back to school. I got my certification. And, you know, I honestly had no problem with, like, having a really good job. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just lived my life, like, quietly because a lot of that noise just was not conducive for me. You know what I'm saying? So I went to school and got a job, a wow. good one. And I got my certification. I'm an independent I'm a certified medical coder. I work, I've been working from home for like 18 years. I mean, you know, I really like, that was one of the things that definitely like, you know, blessed my life because I, you know, I don't, the one thing I always knew and the person I, I don't let one thing define me. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was really no whole, bunch of money being made at that time you know like there was it was more headaches than anything you know what i'm saying and i just did not want to keep dealing with it the way things were going and if that wasn't going to change i had no problem stepping to the side and just moving on with my life so and that's what i did you know one of the things that's very um unique and very um commendable about the decision you make is the it is hard for um, most of us have not lived the life that you've lived as a celebrity, you know, being on TV, radio and, and stuff. And there's a lot of adrenaline being everyone knowing you and you can go to parties and mingle with the rich and famous. And to walk away from that, you know, athletes struggle with that, actors, a lot of people struggle with stepping away from, from the fame and adulation, regardless of the money what made it easier I don't know was it easier for you what what made that transition a little bit easier to be able to pull off um, for you I would say the you know the support of my husband my family because total didn't define Kima you know what I'm saying like that didn't define who I was or what I was gonna wind up being in life and that's how I always just looked at it I had a lot of support. And I was able to go back home to my tribe and live my life. And that's what I did. And 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 while you were you, you were just doing you, you working, did um, the people say? Oh, yeah, people yeah. Were, people would like notice me, and, and that didn't bother me neither because wow. it's just like again the misconceptions. First of all, I didn't. I never. I'm not one. I'm very humble. I don't put myself on a pedestal. I don't feel like. I accomplished anything that no one else can if you just had that same grind and hustle me and Keisha had at that time. So it's just all up to the individuals. Like, so yeah, like, it's not like I was working at McDonald's or something like that. I have a very, I had a very good job and people will just be like, well, how can you do easily the same way you do? I got <laughs> bills I got to pay and I like money and there's a lot of ways to make it. And I wasn't just going to stifle myself. Yeah. I wasn't going to stifle myself like that. Like to feel like this is the only, I'm only successful, successful, or I only can be successful if I'm a part of this now. Yeah. Did, did, did then, did you, when you're working and, and there's a nice family life balance, did you ever miss the, the stage or, or did you? Oh yeah, of course. Like I would have dreams. Like I drink the reunion tour. Like I said, every now and then I would just be like, you know what? Or you would get back then, 
you know, social media was starting to yeah. pop my space and you would, people would reach out, you know, people would still reach out and trying to get us to do things. And, you know, the girls would be like, no. And then it got to the point where they didn't want to do it no more. And, you know, we all just kind of went on our own little journey. And, but, you know, it, it came, you know, the re I just feel like everything happened the way it was supposed to. Because, you know, the reunion tour, us getting back on that reunion tour and getting on that stage and and not not missing a beat was just everything. Was worth everything we had went through in between. The not seeing or speaking to each other, me working, you know what I'm saying? It was just worth it all. So from the time you left to, to the reunion tour, there was no sort of text message, no Christmas cards, no birthday messages. We would talk every now and then, okay. you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't dead air, you know, but I know we hadn't like physically, I hadn't physically seen Keisha in like 16 years prior to the um, wow. reunion tour. And um, Pam and I had started doing shows we were doing shows maybe about two years before the reunion tour came up, which, you know, definitely we wanted Keisha to be a part of, but at the time she wasn't, you know, her kids were a little younger and she was, you know, that was her journey. Yeah. So, but she, we did get together for the reunion tour. So, so did, how did that come about you and Pam um, meeting up um, and, and agreeing to go and talk? Cause you were working family life. How did oh yeah. Um, she, um, Pam had always wanted a solo career. So I guess all that time she had still been pursuing her solo career and she had got the opportunity to do a show at Wembley, but they wanted to, they wanted other original members. Keisha was unable to do it. She asked me and I, you know, at the time I told her like, you know, sure. I felt like I was like, sure, because I'm not even going to sit up here. I, I support, like, even now, like, I support whatever it is you want to do. I'm not going to sit up here and be like, oh, no, I'm not going to come do a show with you because you're trying to go solo. No, I did get up on the stage. I was like, of course, Pam, if this is going to help you accomplish some of the things you need to accomplish, what you're trying to do, I'll do it. But I also, when we did that show, I also realized, like, hey, this was an opportunity to bring us back together. So I did start having those type of conversations. And one show led to another show, to another show, to the three of us actually doing a reunion tour. Wait a minute. You, she said she has a show in Wembley, England, and you just say, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, you're talking about getting your passport ready, leaving the family, and just flying across the country. It was, it was, it was like, sang. you for like a week. Yeah, you haven't sung in a, for, for a while. You just say, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And, I mean, I haven't sang professionally. I mean, I hadn't been on the stage in a while, but I'm, I always sing, you know? So, you know, I was, I was definitely prepared. We, me and her would, but that was the, that's the magical thing about the three of us. Like, we're such a vibe. Like, it's just like, when we get together, it just happens, you know what I'm saying? And it, it was always like that. But how was it? How was it being on the stage that first time? Just even just the two of you. I mean, did the crowd sing along? Did Did you feel as if, oh man, this is good? I can't. I missed it. Or what was it like? No, I felt good. I felt good, and I was a little nervous. And Pam, you know, she definitely because again, I was 
the shy one in the group. I wasn't always confident with my singing and my performing. And she really kind of like motivated me. And I mean, we got a great response that night. And it, it it was it was it was great like I was like it felt good I kind of needed that at that moment because at that time she asked me my mom had passed and I was like just really in this like place like where I needed something to light my fire again so that kind of like you know really got me going and motivated about certain things in life again I think what what year was that when when you went to when? Mm. I want to say maybe 2013 2014 something like that okay. around there cuz so around that time that's when some of the 90s they were you know the tours were there yeah there there was still just like a resurgence of 90s yeah yep. yeah and so did you start seeing that there were they could, when you came back to the States, that there was an opportunity for, you know, for total be, to, to be. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, yeah. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't stop until like after the reunion tour, like Pam and I have been performing and yeah, there was definitely, and it was even more opportunities after the reunion tour. So. Okay. So when yeah. the reunion tour comes around, does, who makes the phone call to you guys? Is there's a puffy on his calling you guys individually or does, you know, your old manager comes and says, hey, guys, we'll put back the band. Well, what we start hearing things like, yo, Puff might be trying to put together a reunion tour and stuff like that. And then initially he had his, um, what was his name? Um, James Cruz reached out to us. And... I guess just to fill out where I was with it. And then we start having the conversations with Puff. Okay. And and Keisha became a little bit at a place where she was like, okay, you know what? I might as well, I'm, I'm okay to come on board. Yeah, like definitely. Like she definitely was. And um, they really weren't going to have it any other way. It was okay. like we want girls or, you know, we're not doing it. So you know, we, everybody saw the opportunity in that and, you know, we were able to come together and get it done. How was it like seeing your old best friend after 16 years not seeing each other? What was it like that first time? It, we cried and then it was just like we never missed a beat. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's amazing how, um, you know, people who are really close when you see after a long time it's almost as if nothing really really happened and stuff but um but I guess you know it's different because you know when you have families and you don't always live on the same street or anything like that um, right what was the rehearsal part like because I, I I've seen I've seen the, the toy was massive going everywhere did you have lots of weeks and weeks of, of rehearsing or no we only had a few days of rehearsal <laughs> a few days yeah, we had maybe a week. We were wow. there for like maybe, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. That whole tour thing, it just you know it came together, and it was just like I I used to have premonitions about that tour like years before, and be like you know, so I always knew we were gonna everything was gonna come full circle. So, 
and I'm glad it did. I'm glad I was here to be a part of it. After the tour, did you, or even during the tour, did you ever think weren't about coming up and creating new music as, as the three of you, or was that ever discussed or thought about? I mean, we discussed it. Um, um, we discussed it, and it definitely would have been, I think, the right thing to do. But, you know, at that time, Pam decided she wanted to go solo, so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, after after the tour, did you continue um, with Total, was the touring part, or was it just Pam left and then it was just yourself and Kesey or what was no, we just, Pam left, we just disbanded all together. You know, it just, you know, the brand is Kima Keisha and Pam. And the one thing I did learn from, and even though, you know, Pam and I were doing the shows and it wasn't that, there wasn't no malice reason for Keisha not being a part of why Keisha and I, I mean, Keisha wasn't doing some of them shows. Um, the one thing... I really have learned to understand is the brand and the brand is Kima, Keisha and Pam. And I feel like if that's not what it's going to be, then we should just let it live and let it, you know, where is that? Yeah. Now you, you, you did go ahead and then come out with your own solo single. What yeah, was I did. The, yeah. What was the, 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 the thinking around that at that time? Um, personal satisfaction, you know, like, again, because I was very, I was not confident with my singing back then. I was not confident with myself back then. Um, I had, I've always stayed in the studio recording songs and, um, and when we disbanded, I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put my music out. You know, I wasn't putting it out to go platinum, you know, I do not aspire to be a solo artist. You know, I do enjoy recording and putting out music, you know, for the sake of having my voice being heard. But I feel like at this point, it's it's too much work. You know, I all, you know, like, I always felt like we did discuss at one time, like, you know, Total is a brand and we've always marketed ourselves as three distinct individual women that come together, you know, hey, why not we all do our own individual projects, but put it out under the brand, still show that we support each other and stuff like that. But, you know, Pam didn't want to be a part of that. She wanted nothing to do with it. And she just went on her own. Okay. But the buzz of putting out your own single and, and, and getting the response, did you then think, okay, I can just either do shows on the back of this or just, did you think, oh, I'll no, just be putting out music? I honestly, I honestly felt like this, it was too much work. Like, you know, it, 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 it really, like, to have to build now Kima as a brand mm -hmm. from the bottom up, you know, like, and I got this over here, it really just wasn't, like, and I don't mean that I don't, I don't believe in myself and stuff like that, but I had this whole other career, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I make good money from it and it just didn't make sense to me. The whole streaming, you don't, you don't, you don't see them. I love the independence, but it's yeah. still like, and 
you know, I really learned how much money get poured into breaking the artist with putting my own stuff out. Oh. Like, you know, you got to pay for everything. You know, people weren't just doing stuff because I was Kima from Total. You know, they were like, oh, yeah, you're a legend. <laughs> so can I, but at the same time, you, you $1,500 for us to post your stuff. You know wow. what I'm saying? Like, it was just like, and then you kept still getting the, like, we love Total. We love Total. And that resonated to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I didn't put my music out to be this solo. It was just more of a personal fulfillment thing for me. And so that means and that... they'll put more out. Okay. That was going to ask you with you. No, you know, I don't think I'm on the road to touring and stuff like that because I do love recording and putting music out, but where that really going to go, how far I will go with that, I, I'm not sure yet. Right now I'm working with my daughter. We're about to finish up her project. We're going to put her music out. Her name is Kima Marie, um, Kima X Marie. You can follow her on all social media, Kima X Marie. Um, she do have some stuff out on SoundCloud and on iTunes now and that's more or less my focus, more doing artist development, being behind the scenes, mentoring, and help support young and upcoming artists. So I did some, so I, I uh, yeah, um, I was, because I, I had, I, had, I do, I did, did follow her on, on IG, um, and hence when I was speaking to Mike and I couldn't, I knew it was, it was, I saw it was Kima X Marie, but I thought it was a full word, so I couldn't remember how it was pronounced. Uh, and how is it? Because you know, I actually thought that you lived in Atlanta, because Mike says, Oh, I'm vocal coaching Kima's daughter, Kima Marie, Kima X Marie. Then I see otherwise that you're saying, Oh, we're moving to Georgia. And I'm thinking, How? What's going on? And stuff. So you, are you still living in Jersey? No, I actually live in Maryland. Okay. I'm Maryland now for 22 years. Okay. Yeah, so I've lived in Maryland for a while now. Um, we're in the process of moving to Georgia. I actually moved to Georgia August 6th. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, 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 okay I just assume pretty much everyone in the record industry just decided to move to Georgia from, from New York and stuff. Okay, so you're out in Maryland. But then how's Mike... Is he using a phone to, to vocal coach? Well, they do Zoom. Uh, they okay. do calls. Yeah, they do Zoom calls. You know, because we were, you know, they started, my daughter actually did not start writing and recording until we went into lockdown for the pandemic. Like, um, she's very, she's always been very artistic, but, you know, I went through my thing with the industry and they didn't even know, like, who their mom was you know my, yeah my daughter came to me and was just like mom I heard you was famous and I was <laughs> like oh and so I googled her and showed her the group she was like five and I was just like well yeah I used to be in the group and we had hit records yeah I guess your mom's famous da, 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 da. <laughs> and um she was just like well what happened and I was just like you know just told her I got married and you know my my family my kids were more important and she was like looked at me and was just like well older now so I was just you know and it's funny after her and I had that conversation it wasn't you know I don't know it's just weird how things just 
start having a trickle effect because I, you know, I do reflect back and remember started hearing and talking to the girls more and, you know, it just kind of led back to what it led to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so with, with Kima X Marie, what is the, um, what's the plan? Because as I said, because you've been through it, um, uh, I'm sure you wanted to avoid all the, the grinding and hustling. That's that what that wasn't too great. What is your plan as a mentor, manager, mom? Um, I'm not manager, mom. I don't want to manage her. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, like I'll oversee like business manage and stuff like that. You know, my plan with her is just to support her agenda. I'm not trying to um put her in any type of box you know she's she's very new to it she's very raw so we're definitely in the early stages of developing her sound finding out what's her sound you know she writes you know she's she's getting better with her writing so my plan right now with her is just to just stick with the artist development pieces of it you know, um, we could put songs out here and there and stuff like that. But I tell her it's master your art, you know, because what you don't want to do is just be that artist that put a song out, it hit and you can't follow up and stuff like that. So those are the things that I encourage her to do, to not be in such a rush to be a part of, you know, the fluff. Because I said anybody can upload a record, you won't, you you want to be an artist. So we want to, that's what's more important. Finding, having the right team behind her, you know, finding the right people that's going to motivate her and help her become better, you know? So yeah. that's, that's the plan. Well, it works for Usher, his mom, uh, Brandy, uh, Beyonce, her dad. So, I mean, much, yeah. Manager mom have have Right. Well, we give dad the title of manager. Oh, okay, dad's got the title of manager. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. I should just say her and I kind of like we bump heads a lot, creative. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, and, and so like I don't, I won't even go in the studio and stuff with her because again, like I want her to become her own. You know, I don't want her to feel like she got to live up to some expectation I may have because of what I did or none of that. So I'm just here for whatever she needs me for and make sure she's doing her vocal training, eating right, keeping herself up. Yeah. And I kind of let dad do the rest. Okay. <laughs> you know, what? one of the things that I can't go by without accent is that the BET Encore, uh, Presents the Encore, it, it's becoming a big hit. And mm -hmm. you were there on it. Was that, a, I mean, did, was it a secret that they told you we're going to bring you on there? Did you, were you nervous, excited? Did you know what, what the reaction was to, 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 to sort of not confront Pam, but to, to see her after all this time? Um, yeah, I did have a comment because initially I was, I said, I, will, I wasn't going to go, you know, and, um, and just because where things left off with her and I wasn't going to do it, um, and that's because I didn't want to be confrontational, but I did have some things that I needed to get off her, my chest with her. And because of how she left the situation, I was really unable to. And I was just like, and the one thing I do honor and respect is our bond, our friendship, our families were close. I would never go in there and like 
you know, just dog her out or nothing like that. Or, you know, so initially I was like, no. Um, I didn't know what her response was going to be. I didn't know how I was going to react. But, you know, they called me again. And, you know, I was able to talk some things out. And I just told them, like, you know, I can't just come on the show like I'm just in support of her. You know what I'm saying? Not that I'm not in support of her. Of her. I don't, I just don't support how she, the way she went about things. You know what I'm saying? So it was all good. And it turned out good. And I'm glad I did it um, because I do love and care about Keisha and Pam first and foremost, not just as group members, but but as people, as my friends, as somebody that, you know, we went through the trenches together. You know what I'm saying? We accomplished so much together. So I, I don't, I don't take that part for granted. Me personally. Yeah, and I guess it's it's um it it, it you know relationships are, are, are like that. You know, when I'm not doing this, I'm a therapist, uh, but I work with under 19s, and so. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I know um I know that I have to deal with you know if I'm anxiety, depression, PTSD, and stuff, and I know a lot of. The young kids I work with, it's relationship issues, family, friends. And I know in life it's it's never easy because we as I said, we grow apart, we grow in different and then people have to deal with themselves before they can sort of come out and, and deal with the relationship stuff. Um but listening to you for the past hour and a half, you have this sense of understanding and you don't seem to take yeah, you you, you don't see I mean, you understand that there's issues, but you don't have an issue with the person. Understand that people seem to, they need to work things out. And when they do, they can be at a level that they can engage. And that seems to be something that, based on what I'm hearing from you, that you can understand that she, she left, you weren't happy about it, but it's like, okay, but I'm still there for you. You're still my sister and still the, you know, the, the geeky little girl yeah. that we met. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I tried to, you know, I tried to, like, like I said, it took me, like, you know, I started taking some therapy and, and stuff like that, and I don't want to be mad and bitter about what someone else decides to do with their life, because I do, like I said, you know, I hold no one accountable, I don't hold Keisha and Pam, nor Total, nor Puff accountable for mine, so I just didn't like how she did it, you know what I'm saying, like, and it just didn't really it just don't add up. It just don't make sense. It just, you know, like, so for me, I was just like, why are you doing this? Like, but she has the right to do whatever she wants. Yeah. I think when I, when I spoke with Mike and Slim, um, you know, I told him that I was a therapist and Mike talked about how he had to go for therapy and stuff. And I, and I think a lot of us don't understand what it is like being in the limelight like yourselves and, either being dropped or taking the adulation away and how that affects and your identity in a sense. Some have the family structure and, and a new sense of purpose that sort of bridges that, um, but others find it hard to, to settle and still need that. Um, were you able to talk that through and in order to get the right type of balance so that it did not become an issue that has affected other people? Um, I wouldn't say I was, I, I always was in the space where I thought that through where it didn't become an issue for other people. You know, it's just that I didn't know what 
you know, like, I'm a like, I'm a type of person where I'm like, I'm just going to move on. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Like, I'm just going to move on. And I know recently a lot of things kind of like, I was able, I've been able to talk about it and express myself about some of the things of how I felt back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, so no, I wasn't always in that space. I'm more kind of intern, in, internalized and more. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, those are yeah. Then those yeah. We try and teach people to externalize a lot because it 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 um it, it it's a lot of yeah. It avoids self harm. It avoids just the constant thinking, and you're trying to distract yourself by doing sort of some uh, risky things in order to distract because it's it's still going around your mind and stuff. Would you just advise people to, because um, especially us of color, we, we, we kind of run away from talking and, and help. We always think, put on a brave face. But would you advise anyone that's struggling to reach out and get help? And oh, talk? definitely. No, definitely talk. Like, and, and, and what? And, and make sure you're talking to, like, because... I'm not going to say I didn't talk about some of these things, but I was talking to the wrong people about it. You know what I'm saying? And um, so find you a therapist, somebody that's non-biased and, you know, just pour your heart out. Cause I know it just, it helped me. It, it helped me. Like, and I definitely was one of those who grew up with a parent who told me to pray about everything. And that's what I, and not that, prayer does not fix things but sometimes it's just saying things out loud and and um just kind of talking about it and kind of speaking to somebody that's like I said non-biased to you your whole situation in your life and just hearing a different perspective kind of makes you sit back and be like oh like okay like It will be good, you know. So yeah, no, thank you for that because October is Mental Health Awareness, and, I, and I'm and I'm I'm and I'm going to use part of this to really push um, mental health awareness because that's what I say. I'm a mental health therapist, and um, unfortunately, within our Black community, even here in the UK, we, we're we're the most amount of people locked up in mental health institutions, but with the least amount that actually come for support. And see therapists. So, ninety-nine percent of my patients are white, um, right. and so it, it is something that I'm, I'm really pushing to to, to to the community that we're not telling you to abandon church and God and, and talking to the pastor, but we're actually trying to say get an independent person just to talk and and understand and who's not going to always say yeah you're right you're right, but just just to be able to balance it out. So that's why I was good to. To have you say that, so that I can, if if it can happen to to Kima, who is a recording artist, it can happen to any of us. So that's that's really helpful. Thank you for that. No, definitely. Like, and communication is key. Knowing how to communicate because I didn't know how, I didn't know how to I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to like kind of like express myself or whatever because. Like you say, you grow up in certain environments and 
you see certain things. And for me, communication always led to like, I grew up with this, my dad was British, he was hot headed, you know, like, so it was just like, to me, like, I never could really find my balance. It was either here or here. So I'm learning to, to be able to express myself, you know, without the emotions or re, you know, I'm learning to not react because I was very reactive for a long time. And you've had to spend most of your teenage and, and, and growing year in a, in a spotlight around in, in industry people and as well. So you didn't have, you know. Um... Yeah, very guarded. I'm still very guarded. Like, yeah, very guarded. One of the things that, um, as I sort of wrap up, that when, when I interview a guest, I always used to ask that if you were stuck on an elevator and um, they said, look, you'll probably be in the elevator for two or three hours, but we have an opportunity for you to watch a movie while you, we get you out. What movie might you request? What movie might I request? Oh, my God. If I was stuck on an elevator and they told me I could watch a movie. Um... Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, I would have to say, um, genius, um, Aretha Franklin. I love oh. that. It, it, it's fairly, it, I think it came out like a year or maybe two ago. And just, I love the whole era of that like that whole movie just gave me energy it just made me want to sing and made me want to you know it just made me happy like i was just like okay. yeah is that the documentary where she's they, they, she's singing in church or is it a, a film well actually it comes on the history channel and it's i think it was like eight episodes okay. and it it's okay. it's scripted it's like a biopic but okay. it's but it's like a it's like eight episodes okay okay from childhood up until she got and you never really saw a lot or heard a lot about her when she was singing in her child you heard stories but to kind of see it on screen and stuff like that it was really good it was really good okay now check that out now they're about to put the movie on but they said we have a song that we can play for you before the movie starts what song do you request um Mm. What song would I request? Uh, what song would I request? Mm. I don't know. That's a hard question because I don't even think I would be able to think. No, do you have a favorite song? I mean, most people put it uh, there. My favorite song right now is... um. Does it change? <laughs> yeah. My my music law change. Um mm. it would be a gospel song or something. Something that's gonna, you know, soothe my soul, something that's sending some type of prayer message of God be okay and get off this out. Well, okay. 
I think the purpose of the question is more like trying to everyone find out their favorite song. So, but we give the scenario. So if I said, what's your favorite song? What would you say? My favorite song of all times is uh, Whitney Houston, I Believe the Children Are the Future. Oh, okay. Was that, a, did it speak to you growing up or? Well, yeah, definitely did speak to me growing up. And I was just always a big fan of hers. And I just really liked that record. It was, you know, positive. Yeah. Um, it did really speak to me. And I, that's, now that you say that, that's why I've always liked that record. Yeah. No, it, it, no it's definitely an amazing record. A lot of people would, would say, what are your three best total records that you guys that you you know that you guys recorded that you would say your three favorites uh can't you see tripping and kissing you okay the um it's okay those are three different productions so yet Raphael, then you, the kissing you was it the original or the remix or was there a difference with it i like the original okay yeah. And then the county see there's one I saw that I with Keith Murray. Um, do how was that, that? No one else. I believe that was the no one else remix. Oh, no one else remix. Yes, it was. You're right. It yeah. Was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's the one thing that that the um, that Puffy did was when you did the remix. It was a new song altogether. Yeah. Um, yeah. You featured with um, Foxy Brown, LL, Mace. When you think of those three um, songs, um, Lounging, I think it's um, Tell Me, and then oh, I can't remember the one with Foxy. Um, um, what is it? What, um, the one with Foxy, I think, is... Um, um, I can't... Well, I forget the name of Rock. The, okay. um, I forgot. I think, is it I can't? I think it's I can't. I think. <laughs> okay, I have to look it up. Which, which of the um, I liked lounging. It was because um, Ella was, you know, he'd almost come back from the from the dead when he came out with that album with Trackmasters. Um, right. And uh, but did did you have a one that you? I mean, I'm sure you liked them all, but that you thought, oh, actually, this was a nice, we featured better on this track than all the others. Um, yeah, definitely the lounging. And to work with LL Cool J was very nostalgic for me because he was one of the very first concerts I ever went to, like, when he first came out. Like, I can't live without my radio. Him, Madison Square Garden with that big bump box. And so for it to come full circle like that and to get on a record with him <laughs> was always like everything I, I do a daily poll on, on, on my channel and it, I think we had 5,000 people vote and it was um, I Need Love took 80% of the votes um, yeah. that was I mean back in 87 or so did you I mean did, did you ever like did you like that track when Oh, yeah, definitely. I like all of them. I'm really, I'm honestly a hip-hop head rapper. I love rap records. So I was into the LL Cool J's, the EPMD's, all of that. 
I think finally, what what are your thoughts about the state of R&B and, and the music right now? Uh, because I don't know if you saw the BET Awards a, a couple of weeks ago where they said we want to celebrate women. I was watching it and my wife came in and I, I think I was on the computer and she, and, and she saw, I don't know who was performing and, and girls were just dancing wild. And she said, what are you watching? And I looked up and I just noticed that, wow, look at what's going on. As an artist, an R&B artist who came from an, an area where you know there was R&B everywhere, predominantly females were were giving, uh, were respected. Seeing, I don't know if you saw the BET Awards, and seeing how women are sort of objectified, not as not just as artists, but in videos. What are your thoughts mm -hmm. about how the industry has just sort of shifted in the last couple of decade or so? Ooh, um. I'm definitely an advocate for individuality. I would like to see more women just kind of like be really who they are and not try to be the next one of what was already done. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just seemed like they, in, instead of coming together and being yourselves and coming together as a coalition of women Ooh. artists, um, and being individual individuals and and, and um, supporting each other, I just feel like they they all just seem to be like in competition. Yeah. So and kind of like doing the same thing. Like and but some of them are very great artists. I'm not taking nothing away, and they make good music. But you know, let's let's get back to like more staple sounds like you hear stuff and you really gotta kind of like be like well who is this like because yeah. kind of sound insane but how do you advise Kima X Marie when she's coming out that she doesn't need to you know Cardi B Megan um I have no idea the, the name of the uh, dots all of what they all seem to have videos in a certain way in order to try and get traction how do you try and advise Kima to say look you know focus on your sound because that might seem like the quick easy way but the you know trying to do it the way that um, isn't as popular but might pay off in the long run well you know everything Tell her to just stay true to yourself. Create your own lane. It's my granddaughter. <laughs> create your own lane and, you know, just stay true to yourself. Don't compete with the masses. Say hi. Say hi, G. Hi, Say hi. Yeah. You know, just stay true to yourself. And you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Yeah. You know, be the standout one in the crowd. Yeah, You know, people may not get it now, but they will get it later because, you know, the masses do jump on bandwagons, but just continue to believe in yourself. Yeah. Well, I, I have to appreciate your time. I mean, I saw you, the, 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 um, I saw you, you, her birthday that you posted last week. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm surprised she stayed up that late because you, you, you had it from, uh, you had a, you had a you had a DJ. Um, you had seems like you had everyone celebrating. I'm sure she was like, "Okay, what's going on?" <laughs> like everyone had more fun than she did. 
she came over the next day, walked in the house and was like, hey, and wasn't nobody already for part two, but we was like, no, that was yesterday, dude. <laughs> How's life being a grandma? Does it, does it, does it, how does it feel? <laughs> it feels good. I mean, I definitely love my family. I feel like, you know, that's what we were put on this earth to do is have family and love our family and procreate and stuff like that so you know i'm enjoying it you know <laughs> i wouldn't change it for the world like yeah. i try to be as supportive as i can yeah well i think everyone would always say and hope that the the total family do you, do you ever envision do you think do you hope that it might um re reunite again i mean i'm definitely open i stay open and optimistic about it if they you know if the three of us could ever you know come together i'll be there so yeah i, I you know are we having those conversations right now no but who knows yeah well i i do appreciate the um the, you've you've given us this time um you know i think one of the things that like with this show is that we wanted to give everyone an insight into your journey and stuff and i think it's very inspirational how you were very honest about, you know, when the business the music industry stopped, I got a job, looked after family, and but also, you know, when the opportunity came back, I went back with it. And so it's 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 part of the whole thing is your journey and your career, and um, and we're still hopeful for for things to come. If you do come up with new music, please let us know so that we can let you know give you know give it as push as as, as well. Um, and when Kima's ready, uh, Kima X Marie um, is is, is ready. Take is the X. Be... Oh, take the X out. So Kima Marie. Okay. Yeah, I don't. The X came by because it was just supposed to have been like a graphic star, but I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe she could change it to Kima Marie because the X that, that threw me when I was like, yeah, I was thinking, okay, I couldn't have to pronounce it. Yeah. Um. But that's her handle. Kima X Marie, but it's really Kima Marie. Kima Marie, okay, yeah. So when she's yeah, when either one of you are ready to release it, you know, hopefully you give us give us a, a shout because we you know so we can push it out there and stuff. But uh, I definitely appreciate your time. I know it's not a you know busy and and, and stuff, and especially moving uh, in a while in less than two weeks. So thanks for taking this time and and um, and and yeah, blessing our audience with with your story and your journey. Thanks for having me. Yes.